Chill and ambitious podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. I'm O. I'm No. And, and together, together we make Oh No. This is season two of the Life Innovator series. Now tell us what a Life Innovator is. Life Innovators are people who tailor their daily desires and lifelong passions into their everyday. Yeah. And uh, they define success on their own terms. Uh, whether this is career, business, relationships, any of that. And we hope they inspire you to, you know, maybe do the same. That's amazing. So, uh, no, I just want to ask you a question. Yes. Have you ever found yourself doing something that you maybe realized you didn't actually want to do because, like, everyone else was doing it? Um, yes. I think everyone has. I think more so when you're younger, that's like a thing, you know, like you like like things because everyone else likes them or just like kind of easier. You're like, uh, I don't really like. Okay. For example, this is going to sound terrible. <laughs> and the BGNC is going to come after me. But when I was younger, I didn't like Beyonce. Like I just thought she was like did too much. I like her now. Like <laughs> just didn't really, but like everyone was like obsessed with Destiny's Child. So yeah. you're kind of like, you can't not sing to it. You can't not dance to it. You don't want to be like the one person that like doesn't. So you just like participate, you know? <laughs> but inside you're like, why am well, I Well, I still this? said like Beyonce does too much. Everybody just look at me like I roll, like you're just hating, you know? But like you couldn't like have to go along with it. Like you that's, just do. That's so funny. So that's like your early uh, experience with that. I feel like mine have been, I don't know if it's like second grade. And there was this kid that was kind of annoying, but like, I actually thought he was really cool, but everyone like made fun of him, you Um, know, like, cause he was, I don't know, he did have like some social awkwardness to him, but like, I feel like I had some moments where I was like, he's so interesting and cool, but I also can see why he's kind of annoying. And I remember like my birthday party coming around and being like, I need to invite him, even though everyone's going to be annoyed that he's there. But like, it was like this, I remember having this internal struggle with myself in second grade being like should I invite the kid that no one wants to have there when I'm like he's cool you should be at the party so I did oh no I definitely have (laughs) thought stories like that too where you're kind of like uh I'm just gonna not but um like I okay I used to have a friend that like lived down the street or I became friends with him and my mom did not want me to hang out with him because he was um she said he was a perv like he would just kind of like always talk about like like you know you're like seven years old and he's like talking about girls butts and stuff like that and like trying to like grab them and stuff so my mom was like you can't hang out with him but when we would hang out by ourselves like he was really really nice so I still like lie to my mom about he's only a perv in front of your mom he, <laughs> I don't know I think he was in front of other boys Okay. You know what I mean? The boys' boys neighborhood. So then like we would hang out like one on one. My mom was like, you could not hang out with him. And 
So like I kind of snuck around and didn't for a while, but then I just, yeah, I pretended like I didn't like, like I didn't want to hang out with him. I did actually, cause he, he was like nice and whatever to me at least. Anyway, and then one time I went over to, my mom goes, oh, go over to the neighbor's house his mom, and ask his mom for a cup of yogurt to make more yogurt because that's what your mom does. So you, yeah, to make yogurt, you need yogurt. I, yeah, still blows my mind. Anyway, but I did that. And then his mom said, oh, why don't you stay? My son's coming home. Um, like you guys can play. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't. Like I have to go back for dinner. And she goes, oh, I'll call your mom and tell her you're going to stay here for dinner. I was like, no, no, no. I just need to give her the yogurt. She goes, you stay here. I'll take the yogurt back to your mom. You stay here. And she was trying to pressure me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to kill me. Like, no. And, uh, she just kept saying, like, no, why can't you? And she saw me getting really nervous. And she looks at me and she goes, why can't you stay? She goes, why don't you want to hang out with, you know, my son? And I just was like, he's a prick. I said, my mom doesn't like your son, okay? <laughs> and then I, like, ran out of the house. Oh, my God, how super mortified. Super embarrassed. I got home. She had already called my mom. And my mom was like, you're grounded. You're not. I was supposed to go stay the night at my friend's house. And she's like, you are not having a sleepover tonight. And I was supposed to do. I love that. So you had pressures from all sorts of, you had your internal thing of like societal, like what's polite yeah. pressures that you felt like you had to conflict with. And then what your mom would say. Yeah. And like, and I was still punished for doing what my mom wanted. Of course you were. Cause that's what happens to you. Well, like she was trying, because it's rude in our culture. Like it would be, it's super rude. She was embarrassed. Yeah. But like, like, yeah. Where's your social like grace? How do you get to come up with something else? My dad thought it was hilarious. Of course he did. He came home. He was like, I heard you you told her that (laughs) your mom mom doesn't doesn't like like it. He's like, you can go to your friend's house. Don't worry. But then I called my friend. I don't like this person either, Noelle. (laughs) My dad was like, yeah, I don't like them either. Like, that's fine. (laughs) But then my friend was like, it's too late. My mom says it's too late for you to come over. And I was just the most distraught child (laughs) never forgot it that's where it starts your mom didn't give you permission to go to your friend's place and you got in trouble when you were caught caught saying telling somebody a secret that i wasn't (laughs) supposed to tell (laughs) um yeah so wait well you were like you you didn't get the permission but you did it anyways and then you got in and then you got it in trouble for it yeah so you had negative consequences so yeah. like you start you know conforming to like being like i don't i don't know there was just too okay. many pressures there was a social pressure a cultural pressure there was yeah being too a many good daughter being a good daughter being going, hilarious to your dad being able to go to a party <laughs> i wanted to go to so much So then I'm guessing permission is our topic today. It is. Uh, in particular, self-permission, which requires us also to acknowledge how much we rely on others for permission. All those different pressures you were talking about. Uh, because, yeah, a lot of those decisions we talk to, how we talk to them, what we think, all these things, what we pursue, like we, we get a lot of input of what's okay and not okay. Uh, which is actually a big part of why we do this podcast. Yeah, because we want you to think it's okay. We want everything to be okay. Except yeah. for 
anger and violence and stress. But um, <laughs> oh yeah, we want to let you know it's okay to follow your dream and that there are other people doing it and that there's not just like one way to do it. It's true. Um, so actually someone who is very good at being conscious of her inner voice and following her dreams um, and gives herself permission is today's life innovator. Her name is Nikki Barodi. Um, and she's given herself permission to be a professional musician, songwriter, acro yogi and clown. This all sounds like a lot, but she literally like plays, plays the ukulele, sings and like while doing acrobatic performance, like she's like her own Cirque du Soleil and she's very, uh, she's a lot of cred. Someone who's very good at being conscious of her inner voice and gives herself permission is today's life innovator, Nikki Brody. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's given herself permission to be a professional musician, songwriter, acro yogi, <laughs> and clown, which sounds insane, but she actually is like her own one-man Cirque du Soleil playing music and singing while she's doing acro yoga, which is amazing. Yeah, and it actually makes sense all together. She's really good at combining all those things and it's as we'll learn uh maybe because she she didn't follow the mold yeah um she's also you know that's made her stand out and she's had a lot of accolades like speaking at doing a tedx talk um performing at madison square garden uh she does entertainment and kind of consulted with lucas films and xenia and all these other companies so yeah yeah, and all under her mission to transform fear into flight, to turn dreams into reality. So that's like why she does everything. And it just made sense for what we're theming this episode about. One way or another, gonna make my dreams come true. One way or another, that's what I'm gonna do. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you some clown practice? Yes, yes, actually. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, is that, like is as a like, professional yeah. clown, what are your practices? Um, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people, maybe not me or me, actually okay, are yeah, scared you. of clowns. <laughs> well, I'm not, a, I'm not like a waka waka clown, you know, uh, like a... Uh, Here I am, Fuzzy Bear, to tell you jokes both old and rare. Waka, waka, waka. Ah. <laughs> um, and I'm not a white face like okay, big white face and not like you know. it. Oh, come on, Paco. Don't you want a balloon? No, um, but I, you know, I think that at whatever age, whether I'm I'm in front of a children's audience or an adult audience, I think the idea of bringing magic into the presence of the space, bringing in the ideas of our own abilities to have dreams and manifest our dreams. I think it's important for any kind of audience. And, you know, going back to this idea of permission with, with the type of clown that I studied, which was um, clown through mask with this uh, teacher out of Canada, um, Sue Morrison, it's the idea of, being using the masks to be fully exposed as opposed to uh being um incognito so kind of like a court gesture kind of like how like 
kind of like how, you know, through comedy, you're allowed to tell the truth. It's kind of like the only way people really like allow it, right? Yeah, I, that's definitely, there. there's definitely um, a lot of that in in what I do, but it's, it's just the idea of, of magnifying something so that it can be looked at under a a different lens or, you know, easier to view Mm -hmm. lens. So like extreme, extreme emotion. Yeah. So, you know, let's say, um, I'm having just a little trouble with the TV. I was just wondering if you knew how to fix it. And somebody, um, says something to you. Oh, yeah, usually you just get the remote and you press on. <laughs> they don't have TVs in Canada. And you get, um, you get like a little agitated. No, we, we have TVs in Canada. Oh, I know, I was just kidding. But you're not allowed to show that you're agitated or you're not allowed to show that, that it made you insecure or that it hurt your feelings. Well, a clown is going to take that and is going to explode it. Yo, made a fool out of me i used to trust you dog now you embarrassing me and you skinny as hell and you make me mad you think you funny huh well you ain't josh gad and your tattoos a regular person wouldn't show that they're angry like i'm gonna play this cool and i'm not gonna actually show that Mm -hmm. i'm angry or i'm not gonna show that i'm excited i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show that like this brings me so much joy and you know but the clown will show that go I'm just there. S- super go there and impulsively can shift between those places very quickly. So one moment they can be like, I'm so sad. I can't believe that you were looking at your cell phone during my performance. How could you not give me your undivided full attention? And like, <laughs> just like in tears, just so upset. And then some really beautiful, sparkly, thing moves to the audience and then all of a sudden you just drop being upset about whatever that was and then you see this other thing and you jump on that train and um, they're still able to show like oh my god this like really hurt my feelings but on such an extreme level that you can receive it in a tender way as a viewer instead Uh. of like having it make you feel necessarily uncomfortable but then some theater and some clowning will make you feel uncomfortable, but it's the idea of of being transformed through the experience of being witness to a clown so mm-hmm. that you're coming in and you're leaving with like a different realization. Yeah. So. No, that truly totally makes sense. And, and when you say it like that, I guess clowns don't sound so scary. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like thinking about like, um, about that kind of emotion. Yeah. It, it is more common when you think about like, what things that like kids films or like performances that are like um, geared towards children. Do you think because they kind of don't have the rules yet? They're not like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. They're just like trying it out. They're like, "Mm, let me stick my finger in this light socket. (laughs) So they're like really just experiencing everything all the time. Yeah. I mean, kids, um, and I guess anything geared towards kids still, you know, bring, goes back to what you're saying about, you know, permission is that, you know, kids still have permission to explore and experiment and be playful and be passionate. And as we, um, as we start to grow into our adult skins, for some reason, this expectation, um, is that those things primarily are stripped away from us and that in order to be 
um, an adult in order to be successful, in order to be like whatever it is that, you know, has been placed on you as this expectation on you, it doesn't fit within the mold that you can include being, you know, being joyful and passionate and playful and childlike and curious. Yeah. It's like we have to already know everything. We have to have everything figured out. We're not allowed to have the space for the unknown. And, and so we don't feel comfortable in the unknown. We need to be in control of everything that, you know, is happening to us and everything that we're putting out into the world instead of being able to learn to sit in this space of this, like, oh, wow, like, if I try this, then can I leave the space to see what, what actually happens? And then from that point, can I make a decision of where I go next? I guess why I even thought of the permission thing is like when you were explaining to me earlier about um, being a clown and going to these extreme emotions, like it seems like that really has to tap into something very personal, you know? You know, we all have things that we learn and then things that we're born with. And I think um, for whatever reason, I, you know, I'm very, very Piscean and Mm -hmm. very emotional and watery. And even if I, have wanted to try to suppress that or, you know, break out of that and kind of quote, like normalize myself and not be so emotionally extreme. I feel like, you know, it is just my nature of how I show up to this world. Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately I, I bring that as, as how everything is colored into everything that I do. It's just such a, a present. I don't feel like it's even a choice. Is it a superpower of yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes. I feel like it's interesting how the things that have such a strong effect on, on us, sometimes it feels like a superpower and then sometimes it feels like a burden. A, a burden. Yeah. 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 We're talking about that. Um, what's the show? Oh, uh, uh, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yeah, how like her superpower... I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Netflix. It's I've it's heard of. I've totally heard it's of really it. Actually, it is really good. She's like an awesome heroine, but she has this ability that no one else has, and like she feels so burdened by it. In my line of work, you've got to know when to walk away. But some cases just won't let you go. Um, because it's almost like if she doesn't act, then the world's gonna like. Um, you know, she kind of has a responsibility has a to fight this villain because she has this because she is the anti-power of his villain. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I mean, of the villain, so. but she doesn't want the responsibility. Like she's been really traumatized. She doesn't want the responsibility, but she kind of has no choice. Definitely, you know, I would never change. You know, I I feel like I trust that I am the way that I am, and that there is a purpose, and I'm going to serve in some way by being this way. And a lot of times I feel very just, um, is there anybody else that is like me in this particular way? Like, I, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I do just feel, you know, like, where, where are the rest of us? You know, like.
Well, have you, well, you said part of it is that you're very tapped into your emotions and like you're just always, seems like you kind of kept, you were able to hold on to your curiosity. Was there ever any point where you were pressured maybe to like, because a lot of people we talk to, this is interesting. A lot of people we talk to when we talk to them about the the path they ended up on, they they said like, oh, they were doing this while they were trying to figure out what their grown up like job would be or whatever, and then it turned out to be the thing that they actually enjoyed, right? Because they just had this perception of to be a grown up, you have to ascribe to this. Like this is the way you become a like a scientist, or this is the way that you become like a designer, or like, this is the way yeah that you become a respectable. You member of society. Yeah. Is there ever a time where you thought like maybe you were should follow one of those paths or had like an idea of a very specific idea of what it meant to be like adulting. Be yeah. adult. Yeah. Be, yeah adult. be adult or be successful. I I think that it is um a very challenging part of my path daily. Um, I, I still feel every day I'm like, God, I hope I'm doing the right thing. And I hope that by being an artist, it's not some like, you know, self masturbatory, like expression of art that it's actually going to serve a higher purpose or, you know, shouldn't, maybe I should just need to like get some kind of day job and what would that be? And, you know, I feel like I am, um, a responsible person and I show up to the things I say I'm going to show up to, but then, I don't have, you know, plan B. I've been, you know, my family and partners. And I mean, I feel like forever and now I still have the pressure on me of needing to choose a more stable path. Right. Um, Because you're essentially like a freelancer of everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I was asking about the superpower because... So I actually know you through our mutual friend, Brandon, and uh, he's a musician, and I, he was telling me uh, why he was so impressed by you in the sense that uh, apparently before meeting you, he was playing in a reggae band and uh, was feeling very creatively stifled because the it was a very, like, subscribing to traditional reggae uh, compositions, and it wasn't evolving, it wasn't iterating, and we talk about uh, culture having all these different um, culture is pretty much a, a set of rules and norms that people subscribe to to identify as a group. And it's funny in music, there's even like actual theory behind like what are the rules that you're supposed to be following for a specific genre or for like a specific period. And uh, yeah, just was feeling like really creatively stifled. Um, and then he said he was playing, you were like a backup singer, I think, and you invited him. He's a guitarist to, to play with this other, um, band that you were, you were starting. And, uh, he said he, he met you and he's like, uh, she would like tell us to play different things. And I was like, what, wait, what's, what's the mode here? Like, what, 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 what are we doing right here? And you'd be like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, wait, who taught you? And you're like, oh, I taught myself. And then <laughs> he was like, this, the scale, like, I've never seen a scale like this. And you're like, mm, I don't know. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, is, is this okay? And you're like, yeah, of course it's okay. And like, it's funny. That's why I thought of the permission thing. Cause I was explaining to him, like, how, like, we need, uh, we need to have this permission. He was like, I literally said that to her. Like, is this okay? And it's funny. Cause I was so stifled in this box of like, always having to abide by these rules. But then he got scared a little bit when he like got an opportunity to jump from that, to do something a little bit more innovative outside the box. And there was this like sense of like, 
oh no, we're going where there aren't any handle handrails, you know? And like, you don't have necessarily as concrete theory. And he's like, but she, it's like, but I went with it and she has like an amazing ear. And I remember playing some of the stuff and being like, this still makes sense. It wasn't just like a complete, like, I don't know. And I guess for you, you taught yourself and like, you just hear it and like, there's an expression to it and you're not necessarily like, um, yeah, subscribing to these previous rules. And so that was really creatively inspiring for him, apparently. And just needed someone like you, apparently, to like say it's okay to like move away from the traditional uh, construct. That's, um, yeah, that's actually, um, it's so great when I get to hear things like this because I, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I, you know, am, I'm so grateful to know when I actually have an effect on, on people, but rarely do they actually come to me and tell me that I've had this effect on them. <laughs> so I, I go on, go on in the world like, Oh, I hope I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then like, you know, I'll get this, you know, message from you about somebody else. And <laughs> it's just really interesting that it's so rare that somebody comes up to me directly and says, Hey, this experience that I had with you has actually transformed how I show up to how I make music. Yeah. It's, like, it's so interesting. <laughs> Years have gone by and you've never <laughs> you had this conversation yeah. with me. I find that that, that happens a lot when, when we find, like when we find people and talk to them, like you'll always hear like stories about people being like, Oh yeah, I was so impressed by this, but never expressing it to the other person and it's like lovely to hear because you're like because it it empowers you to be like okay yeah because a lot of people look for it's reassuring to know that okay I guess I'm doing what I'm supposed to be (laughs) doing and I always I mean I'm you know I'm the extreme of expression so I mean if somebody inspires me or I'm gonna tell them like I'm gonna be like (laughs) yeah you're like like, I can't even imagine why wouldn't you tell me that's so great I'm so glad to know that because permission. Yeah, people need that permission <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, they didn't, that wasn't what was part of their culture, I mm-hmm. guess. That's why people go, like, they, they remember their favorite teacher or they, like, like, seek out mentors is because you're looking for someone to tell you like the same way you're saying the same way people tend to look for like, Oh, this is the career path. So I, you know, I go to college for this many years and then I get an internship, whatever. It's like the same thing of even just like in a, in any creative endeavor or any new endeavor, you're still looking for someone who did it to say like, it, it, it feels nice to know like someone did it successfully before and then kind of ask them about it. And the validation. Cause I yeah. think. Most people and uh, have a very strong sense to be a part of the group, not just for the the pure that sheer like safety in it. Because like you know me, like the story I told you when I was like in second <laughs> yeah. grade, there was a fear that like I was going to lose friends because I invited this other person. Did you, so you, you know? did end up inviting him. Yeah, I did invite him because I was like, and he came, and he came, and like people were fine with him, and um. It wasn't nearly as bad. And like, I mean, I guess I also was like someone, I guess people look to in some ways for those mores as well, you know? So like, I guess if I said he was okay, like people seem to like tolerate him. So you're saying you were the cool kid. I was the cool kid then. I, I, was, I was the opposite of that. I was, I was the biggest outcast 
You were the kid. You were the kid that I was like, why isn't anyone friends? Yeah, no, it was horrible. (laughs) I used to get on the bus crying every day when I was seven years old. I actually left high school early. I mean, I was ostracized through all of school and I was constantly trying to fit in and be accepted and hey what is the new thing that the people are into so I can get into that too and I never understood there was something energetically that just was different about me even though like culturally and you know like how much money my family had like it was all in line with everybody else around me yeah but energetically there was something very different about me that I was always set aside and people didn't want to be friends with me because they were afraid that if they, the same thing you were talking about, if they bring like the uncool kid around. And so, you know, it's, uh, I think maybe now the whole not asking for, you know, permission um, and not really thinking about, do I fit into a particular box is because I tried to fit into you didn't have the, the safety in numbers. That yeah. wasn't an yeah. option. It never was. Yeah. yeah. And like you knew yourself more like, I mean, it, maybe like in isolate, like in, in being really in your own head and in your own mind and, and everything like that kind of like, then your opinion becomes the only one that matters at the end of the day. Like, I mean, well, it's didn't... hard to be ostracized, but then at the end of the day, it's like if, if you're not being influenced by all these other people, like it's not if, working. Yeah. You're not getting positive reinforcement for that. Yeah. So then you're like, yeah. Yeah. Then you're, you're really not getting positive to or negative to say, what do I think? Doing what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus like if you had something to lose from it, right? If you were like, you, you got a lot from the group. Uh, I remember talking to him about, um, I, f- I forget what I was saying, but like when you, well, what he seemed to make a comment about, like when you're like doing something in a group, and maybe you're doing something that, like you shouldn't be doing, and I was like, oh, well, it's only a matter of time that, like, you know, you're gonna have to face the consequences of that. It's like, yeah, but when you're in a group, people will protect you, you know, like if there's interest in it, and like so, like he clearly is someone who has like solace in groups, you know, and well, most people do. It's a collective conscious. It's like yeah, why yeah. anyone does anything, you know. The the power of a group is greater than one single person, not always true, but like, you know, in group settings, it's how like lynch mobs happen or like things like that. It's like people become unreasonable when there's the protection of all these other people. Especially when it's fueled by fear. fear. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, it was very natural that you wanted to be part of these groups because like I, we're social creatures and we don't want to be in isolation. And um, so we actually will sacrifice a lot uh even the chance of being betrayed and these sort of things for for the group it's um i think like wired for how we're like being socialized you know it's it's interesting um my my hair has had like a life of its own yeah. its own path there's some know, power for, hair in here yeah <laughs> yeah she's got quite an I, afro i've got quite the afro and um and so i used to um fight my whole life I would fight to try to tame my my hair um and felt like that was part of my ostracization was like having this you know crazy hair and I when I moved to New York and um I had a girlfriend that was like why are you trying to you know to straighten your hair and tame your hair just let it go let it like do its thing let it just 
be naturally what it is. And I, I remember being like, what? Like, I can't even imagine doing that, but like, okay. And then as soon as I stopped fighting it and I just surrendered and let it be its, its own thing and I stopped fighting it, um, then the reception of it, I mean, I would walk down the street every day in New York City. People would be stopping me on the street, screaming out of car windows. And I mean, there's cool, funky people all over New York yeah, the yeah. City. But for whatever reason, people would just, oh my God, I love your hair. And still, on you know, <laughs> years, years later, still, it's like people freak out over my you know, hair, which I've also had to be like, okay, well, whether people like my hair or whether people don't like my hair has no bearing and shouldn't have any bearing on how I show up to the world and how I am as, you know, as a human being. But, um, but it is interesting when you finally like allow yourself to embrace, um, embrace yourself and fully just be what you naturally are here to be, how, um, how the reception, you know, shifts around you. And, and you were also mentioning, you know, this idea of, you know, of, of fear, driven, you know, society of how a lot of times we make decisions based on, on fear. I feel like my work, um, on the planet and the reason I do like the, you know, wacky types of, of art that I do is for this idea to inspire people to gain the permission in themselves to break through those fears and not base their decision-making process on on fear. It takes some like really deep insight, you know, to say like, what is it I really want? And then like, just do that. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> you, it's the idea of giving yourself permission to play and to explore and be curious and, and even creating a safe container for that. You know, I was talking about this idea of like 15 minutes a day, you know? Mm -hmm. So trying to even give yourself permission that for 15 minutes a day, I give myself permission to just be curious and just create and just do something for the sake of the fact that I'm curious about what this is without it having to have a direct result and attachment into like what quote unquote makes you successful or effective in the world where you can just be like, you know, I don't have an attack. Like it, it doesn't matter whether I quote like fail or quote succeed with this thing. What matters is that uh, the success is me giving myself permission to explore it. That in and of itself is the success. I like that reframing though a lot that it's not like the failure. It's like the success of like the success of the try. Right, yeah, right. Of actually just completing the try. That's exactly. your success. Yeah, the result is irrelevant. It's truly just like allowing yourself and prioritizing getting on that path. I mean, that's the other thing too, is that people put their their hearts and their passions and their curiosities and their play, they they push it into the back. It's the last priority. Like everything else that we're supposed to do and everything else that we have created the frame around what what makes us effective and successful in the world takes precedence and then these other things that actually open our hearts and make us feel more alive and you know make us feel joy and make us feel like fresh and it's what for you probably 
what makes life worth living. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, it sounds like your ambition is really like, because we always like try and find the chill and the ambition in every person. Your ambition is to feel and to get other people to feel, to like just be. Yeah. So then what's your chill? Like what, what's like your break from all that? Um, what is my break? I do paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. So I collect stickers. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I used to collect stickers. I have such a great sticker collection. God, what is my chill? You know, it's interesting because I feel all of my ambition and all of my chill are, are all wrapped up. They're all intertwined. So, um, you know, my, my chill is, is, Currently, I guess, is love, is just being in a space of, of love, being able to, um, you know, have a beautiful day in the sun of getting to be with nature, be with the water, or be with my love and be with my dog and just not having to be on a specific schedule of having, I have a lot of people that have told me, oh, you always fit so many things into a day, you know, mm-hmm. like, why do you, how do you, stick like 500 things into a day. So, you? <laughs> um, you know, like, I guess priorities of, you know, a need to do like today, these things just have to happen. Um, and then, you know, and then there'll be days where I'm like, well, I just had five days where I just work, 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 work. ran really hard and I don't have something that specifically is due today. So I'm going to just let myself take a yoga class and meditate and go outside and sit by the water. And, um, you know, breaks are important. I think a lot of times people feel like they have to work, 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 and that's what makes them effective, but they don't value that space and the time. Like there's something that evolves. There's something that um, it's recharging. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a recharge that happens when you give yourself permission to, to take the chill. And yeah. a lot of times people don't give themselves permission to take the chill because they think that that's some kind of failure. They think they don't, you know, maybe see the value in it yeah. as much. I also think that sometimes people are really just afraid to be with themselves. Yeah. To you actually know, turn like off to, the brain and like, turn it off and then think about what you're what you've been doing then yeah then done all the emotions come flooding in like and if you've been avoiding it i don't know i honestly think that 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 that's, that's like a whole big, busy the whole like the culture whole of busy culture of busy has to do with that like there's a feeling of importance when you're always making but you're still making when you're thinking you're making ideas you're yeah, creating something you've seemed to align like your <laughs> core values with what you do and seem to be constantly i guess probably checking in if this is this is still on your on your mission I I really do hope that the people that come in contact with me and come in contact with my work can have that transformative experience of giving themselves permission to feel yeah well, it's funny because I think when you think of someone who's super emotional, you kind of think of them either as like a hothead or someone who just like cries all the time for no reason. Yeah. 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 And like, I mean, just your presence here and just, I mean, just talking to you, you're very, you seem very chill and very you're grounded. Very yeah. And I wonder maybe it is because you do allow those emotions to flow in and out so easily. You know, you're not harboring them somewhere and then they just like 
So I think when we think of emotional, we think of them as like irrational and they come out of nowhere. And totally. it's, a lot of time it's like, you're having this conversation with someone's like, can you pass me the fork? And it's like, ah! <laughs> I'll pass you the fork. Please <laughs> <laughs> <Nobody laughs> do this. <laughs> what? Someone ends up stabbed. Like, no, you're not allowed to de- at Denny's anymore. Yeah. <laughs> huge problem. My boyfriend thinks I'm fat. <laughs> and I can't eat in front of him. I can't eat in front of you. So you've combined a lot of things. So you do the aerial stuff and you sing while you do it too, like kind of like your regular, like your own Cirque du Soleil, if you will. <laughs> and you teach yoga and sometimes it's to music. So music kind of is the core there a little bit. Yeah, like. music is definitely a, a thread line for me because like I said, that the music for me and the singing is, you know, is the most raw, most vulnerable um, place of where I express myself from. Mm-hmm. So I like to integrate that as often as I as I can. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just to get a feel for it, we're going to play Dreams. So take the boat that flows From the singing of your dazzling notes Or on a plane that surfs the clouds You know, I primarily instrument wise, I, um, I sing, I play ukulele and piano. Um, I've used to play guitar. I used to play, um, bass a tiny bit. So I definitely feel like I could pick up any instrument. And if it was like, write a song with this instrument and somebody just put an instrument in my hand because of the fact that I don't come from the, um, more, like psychological side of making music, I come from the intuitive side. So I really could just pick up any instrument and write a song with it just Mm -hmm. based on what it feels like and what it sounds like. Um, But I really, I I enjoy creating things that don't already exist. Um, I enjoy not having a, a template specifically and being able to just like make stuff. So I've, um, I've, you know, I dive into all different sorts of, you know, creative realms, whether it be like craft stuff, you know, and oftentimes it has to be, it's like on a need to basis. So I've, um, you know, produced a bunch of music videos where I've, you know, created costuming and like sewn my own unitards and, you know, made the music and like the concept of the video. And I really, I, I like progressively having opportunities to make like bigger Mm-hmm. art that I yeah. can kind of have my hands in a lot of different pots. So like you start with like a seed, like that whole like seed of like, oh, so maybe it's the song and then it's the, what am I going to wear? And then what it's, what's the video going to look like? And then, yeah. So like you kind of, you go take it step by step instead of being this overwhelming task. It's kind of like, again, on like the need to basis, like, okay, well, we're shooting this video. I've been in positions where I had the idea of a video and um, the general idea of a song that I wanted to make a video to, but no song. And then I've had a plane ticket book to go shoot the video with somebody in Austin, and I haven't even written the song or recorded the song. And then the fire is under my ass, and I'm like, oh, I have to write this song. And then 
you know, Mm -hmm. and then the song comes to like fit the idea of what I wanted to do as a video project. So yeah, it just, you know, the inspiration comes to you. Yeah. I, I, I'm very grateful to be, um, an open channel. I really do oftentimes just feel like I just sit, like I said, I put my hands on the instrument and I allow myself to be open to receive whatever it is that wants to come through me. Sometimes I don't even feel like it's coming consciously as like, this is what I'm creating. I feel like I'm just allow myself to be open enough to let it come through me. Yeah. Did you, are you, you read Big Magic? Uh-uh. No. Okay. The, you should totally read it. Um, it's so you. Um, <laughs> but basically she talks about how inspiration is something that comes, is not, comes to you. It visits different people. So like maybe an idea, like, so what really is like you have to, but pe- pe- putting the problem is that people have the ego about what I'm going to make, whatever. But like, it's really about just sitting down and letting it happen to you mm-hmm. and like being open to that. But I think that that's actually a really interesting thing instead of putting the pressure on the, on the thing is like, do you ever just sit down and let, like, do you ever just sit down and, and not necessarily plan to make music or anything, but just like, be like, I'm going to see what happens if it like inspires you to take a walk or I'm going to like. Oh, for sure. All the time. And, you know, oftentimes when I do write music, it's like, oh, I've sat down to just like practice another song or just, you know, just wake up my voice. And I have no intention of actually having it be a songwriting session, which sometimes will bite me in the ass because I'll be like, oh, I wasn't planning to all of a sudden just now I just spent three hours making music. And like, that wasn't what I was necessarily going to do this morning, but it came. I really think it's important that when inspiration does come, that you honor it and you allow yourself to like get on the magic carpet ride and go. And I, I know that sometimes we can't do that and sometimes we have like appointments that we have to run out to and we have to be you know responsible human beings and stand by our commitments in the world but if a lot of times we but a lot of times we don't have to yeah there are times where we can actually prioritize the inspiration and so um i do prioritize inspiration it's really important to me that when it comes because i feel like um if you shun it and you just kind of keep pushing it aside, I feel like it'll stop, you know, visiting Stop you. visiting. It's yeah. true. It's so funny. So like, that's kind of like your, your privilege is that you, you can, are, you, you are like, you can be You that feel open. like you don't have a choice in some ways. I mean, you do, but like, you seem to, it would really bother you not to. It would really b- bother me not to. And I've also had the fortune of, for the last 10 years, I've worked for my parents own a musical instrument restoration shop in Ohio. Uh-huh. Um, and so a lot of my income has, has come from being able to work from home and do all of the sales and get, get the instruments into the hands of musicians like all over the world. So it's been really amazing to be like the middleman for something like that. That's so cool. Um, but oh. in like six months, my parents are retiring and the business is closing. And so now, um, I have a lot of pressure on me to stay committed to this path. Mm-hmm. And to sustain myself through this path. Right. And it's, um, you know, I've had the luxury of being like, okay, well, I work really, really hard at things that I don't get paid for. And I don't work as hard at this other thing where I do get paid for. And I've had to, to come to peace with the fact that, you know, money is a different 
energy, just like we have, you know, there's all different kinds of energies Mm -hmm. and where things, sometimes where you put so much energy is not where the energy comes back, but it comes, you know, some some other other place. And, and so I've had to, I've had to, you know, make my peace with that. But right now I'm really trying to figure out how to channel where I put all of my energy is like where the energy is ultimately going to come back and sustain me because the idea of having to do something that feels completely disconnected from being able to have the freedom to follow my inspiration when it hits, um, you know, that ultimately feels like the scariest thing to me of like, I don't even feel like I would be the same person if all of a sudden my freedom to jump on the magic carpet when it showed up, if I couldn't, and I had to keep being like, sorry, I have this deadline. So magic carpet, come back another day. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, sorry. I'm busy today. Oh, wait. You're like up. such, I, I, I really want to support arts even more now. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I think personally the role of government for me, like when I think something should be publicly funded is when I'm like, that's not meant to be lucrative. Like that's a prison. Like, we shouldn't aim to make money off of that, you yeah. know, like water. We probably shouldn't make, try to be the goal is to make money from it. And like art, like the goal yeah. there, like shouldn't necessarily be to like, how can we make the most profitable art? Yeah. Um, so anyways, just, <laughs> and like just the fact that you can't recall to your inspiration because like, but yeah, you're trying to, but it's funny. Cause we want, cause cult, art is such a part of culture and it's what makes anything cool. It's like why anyone wants to move to Brooklyn or like literally every time I travel now, the, the one thing everybody says is like, oh, like Sodermom is the Williamsburg of Stockholm. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, you know, this area is this, is the, this place, like, you know, referencing somewhere in, in America, like of Sydney or whatever. And Paris is Paris, like, pa- oh, yeah, wants, Paris. To wants to be Williamsburg. Yeah, it's like- Everything is like that. Like, and, that you, that, that art scene, that like what's coming out of it is really important to culture. So like you kind of have to give, you have to pay it back. Like what, that's what makes this country, like that's what makes music that's coming out so cool or interesting. Like right. that's what makes anybody be interested in this. Like we all make money on culture. And like, it pushes the culture forward because so of yeah. the like vicarious psychology we were talking, a reinforcement we were talking about too, yeah. like in, in a more positive way in questioning society. Lord Flacco, painting vivid pictures, call me Basquiat Picasso. Capo head, honcho, now my followings colossal. Ain't no box of Bacchiat, but got the chopper, throw the casso. It's like you heard God spoke. But you are actually so, since, you know, that America's not fully funding the arts like that now, but you were telling me a little bit, you you are coming up with a, a program, right? That supposedly will be able to, like, combine a lot of your interests. So what I'm trying to do is I've been... um I did this, uh, this TEDx, uh, performance where I, um, you know, I sing and play ukulele while doing partner acrobatics and also speak about the idea of <laughs> transforming impossibility into possibility. Um, okay. Like, that's a good demonstration. <laughs> or like, I don't even know how that's possible. I guess I'll have to watch the You'll video. Have to watch the video. Yeah, <laughs> we need that. It'll be on the, it'll be on the site. Um, so based off of the framework of that, what I'd like to do is go into, um, you know, especially into, you know, corporate America and be able to talk about um, prioritizing passion and bringing play and creativity 
into their worlds and how by allowing that space to be accessed within themselves and giving themselves that freedom, how ultimately that can fuel how they work and can shift the perspective of how they show up to the places where they do, you know, they are committed to spending, you know, eight plus, you know, hours a day. How can you, you know, initially compartmentalize yourself where you give yourself, like I said, that 15 minutes or 30 minutes a day to just start to take baby steps into, you know, giving, you know, yourself the freedom to not have so much fear and not have so much attachment to a result, but just find success in the joy of the pursuit of whatever it is that you're curious about. And it doesn't have to be music or acrobatics. It could be, you know, a cooking class. It could be learning about science because you've never been science driven. I mean, it, it really can be whatever it is that you feel curious about. And, um, and what I'd like to do is combine that with, um, partner yoga, acro yoga, um, facilitation so that, and team building exercises that allow people to, you know, have a safe place to be able to explore something that is really out of the realm of what they normally would do. And because it really does translate when you do something that you are looking at where you're like, Oh, that's really like something that I never thought that I would be able to do. And then you are able to do it. Once that experience happens like a couple of times, two, three times where it's like strong enough of an experience where you really believed Mm -hmm. you couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden you're doing it it really does translate into how you look at everything. Your lens completely shifts. Now that all the smoke is gone Lights up And the battle's finally won Give me a lights up Victory Lights us up Lights us up And you're kind of in the right place for that. I'm lucky that I'm trying to kick it off, you know, in the Bay Area. But the other thing is, too, which is really interesting, is people will look at me and just think that I've got everything, you know, figured figured out. So people don't come to me necessarily with like, hey, do you need help getting this into the world? And it's like, I need help getting this into the world. (laughs) I have the the product. I have like what it is that I want to put into the world. Uh And I have, you know, this this program, but I definitely need the support of how to, um, you know, it's like I need the translator between like me and like the corporate world (laughs) person to like go in and, you know, kind of be like, Hey, here's this girl. And let me put this in a language that you can understand. You need this. And then, (laughs) (laughs) that's like what my job is, uh, at my corporate or I'm like a translator, I guess, in terms of like talking talking to execs like <laughs> this is how it will affect your bottom line you at the end this. of the day well yeah because well i'm in trend that's like what i do on a daily and trend forecasting is actually even more important i think than it's ever been because um consumers have so much power now and they're always changing they're always thinking about different things you know it used to be like if you got a customer when they they when they were young they're a customer for life and that's just no longer the case so you really have to be in touch with like what people are doing, what they're buying, how they're behaving, what their interests are. Yeah. And uh, that requires creativity. That requires, it, it does have to let go of the stability yourself, a little yeah, bit. the freedom. And to adapt. And um, so like, I, you know, we talk about what it really means to be creative a lot on the show and that everyone's creative. And it seems like even business is just becoming a place that like you have to be innovative, creative uh, to keep your your business going. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, especially as like jobs kind of disappear with automation, the jobs that matter are jobs that require like that require creativity, empathy, like thoughtfulness, like being able to like relating to humans because that's the only, that's so unstable. Like, you know, you can automate how to build a car or how to build a shelf or anything, but you can't automate how people think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned this idea of like the bottom line and there is research, you know, you know, that has been coming out in recent years that actually shows that when you give employees the permission to be creative and to find their own, their own path to ultimately like what the destination is you want them to land at. But when you give them, you know, instead of giving them a step-by-step, this is specifically how you have to do it. When you give them the freedom to be creative and find their way to it, the, uh, the results, the effectiveness of their work and what the employer is actually going to get out of them is actually going to exceed what they, you know, what their expectations are because of that, that freedom. Do you have any advice for like maybe a solo person to start, um, getting more in touch with uh, themselves in terms of like being, giving themselves permission for the passion. Because I think for some people, it's not as easy just to be like, I give myself permission. Everybody is curious about something. Everybody is passionate about something. Like they they don't take the time. Yeah. They don't take the time (laughs) necessarily to give themselves permission to be real with themselves, but everybody wants to do something that they're not doing. Everybody is afraid to fail. And so at, at whatever it is that they're not, um, not pursuing. So it's, um, yeah, I would say just give yourself that safe, sweet container without judgment where, um, you have no attachment to the result and see where it takes you. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, Nikki, thank, thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely. I hope this was a safe space for yeah. you to, um, to explore. And um, yeah, there's a lot of so much insight. How do people get in touch with you? Um, my website is NikkiBarodi.com, which is um, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-R-O-D-I.com. And there's links to... Um, to videos and my contact information. So um, that's an easy way to get a hold of me or Nikki at NikkiBarodi.com is my direct email address. Awesome. I could say, yeah, yeah, it has and everything. It has she everything. Does. Um, and we'll also put her things on our website, chillandambitious.com. But yes. Um, so yes. Thanks Bye, so Nikki. much for having me and for having this uh, show that you guys are kicking off and prioritizing. Um, you know, people becoming more aware of their need within themselves to be creative and chill. And That's what we're all about it. You. That's what we're so excited about. Leveraging so, your strengths because I think your interests, if you're interested in it, you're definitely going to put more in. You're going to put more in. So even if it's not your strength yet, it's like something that you're going to love doing and yeah. get better at and will, at least will become your strength. Yes. Yeah. Follow your dreams, people. Yes. Listen to Nikki. She knows. I'll take some booty, some apple bunny booty, but don't slam and trip dumb. 
So that was Nikki Barodi. Yes. And uh, I, I liked her episode because, like you said, permission something that you don't always, you don't say, I give you permission or you give me permission. It's like so many cues around it. Yeah. Or yourself. Or yourself. I feel like when you notice you're not giving yourself permission, it's like never like this. It's. It doesn't like, it's not like something you easily look for. Yeah, you, like, didn't, you didn't know it was relevant. Yeah, you, know? you exactly. Like this <laughs> podcast um, that points out shit that you didn't know was relevant. But it's like more like you'll look at someone else and see what they're doing and you'll be like, ah, oh. I'm like, they do this. Like, like Nikki, like she kind of just lets her, she's just like, hey, you know what? Inspiration came to me and I'm going to prioritize that inspiration. And then she's really excited, you know, and then she gives herself that. You're like, oh, I wish I did that. And that's when you realize, that you're not giving yourself that permission. Right. Uh, and I love, um, there's this candid camera episode from the 1950s that demonstrates just like our, our psychologies as human beings to like how we use, uh, vicarious reinforcement, which I mentioned earlier in terms of how we look to other people for cues. And in that episode, uh, it's pretty famous. So they have, uh, people walk into an elevator. And they have the people who are part of, you know, the can the camera crew and they all face the rear of the elevator. Yeah. So their backs are towards the door. And then the unsuspecting person walks in and sees everyone facing the back. And they, the first guy literally is standing there trying to act like, okay, what are these weirdos doing? But he like slowly turns Turn. his back. <laughs> like he pretends to look at his watch to kind of be, oh, guess, uh, just. And then eventually ends up facing the back because you don't want to be the one person facing the other way. And then they all do it, right? At some point, every person eventually turns around because... Oh, yeah. They had another one where, where they did this to several people. And one guy, he immediately just turned around. He was just like, looks like everyone's turned around. Guess I'll turn around too. And then they really fucked with him because he was just like... So they just kept, yeah, they turning. kept turning different directions and the guy kept turning. Like they all turned to the left. So then he started turning to the left. They had him face forward. He'd face forward. Uh, they took their hats off. He took their hats off. <laughs> he took he took their hats well, off. No, he, took his his own. Own, he took his own hat off. He but was so young. He was he just kind of looking. He was looking for permission. Like like yeah. He was just like all right. I'm gonna go with this. Yeah. You <laughs> but he didn't give himself the permission to be like uh, that's not what we do. <laughs> <laughs> And I think there is a culture too. I feel like if that should happen in New York, depending on the scenario and you'd the person, just ignore it. Yeah, you'd either ignore it. You may, but you may even call it up. Like, why, why are you guys all? But if everyone kind of ignored you, I think maybe after a while you might. I don't know. Maybe you would turn around. I would Every, just think people were fucking with me. Yeah, you'd be like, why are you all facing the back? But you know what? They're like the 1950s was a time. This was the 50s, right? Yeah. So like there was a time that was a time of like more conformity. Like yeah, people are way more free to be themselves uh-huh. now and it, it's I mean I think it's still hard but you know you never have like an acrobatic ukulele singer clown singer with an afro with an afro who has her you know like who basically freelances on everything for a living and like be able to survive like without people looking at you like you were a psychopath like yeah. they'd be like that person's a joke so yeah. in the elevator, try to break you down. Don't 
Like, it's interesting to me because I feel like if they, I was thinking when you showed me that, if I, if they did that same experiment now, would it go the same way? I think for the most part it would. I think I don't be ex- think it, I, I think in New York it wouldn't. I think in most major cities it wouldn't. I think there'd be exceptions that wouldn't. But like, especially like first guy who was trying to like be like whatever. They've done a similar experiment where like there's smoke in the room and no one reacts. And they have like the fake people who are planted. And there's a sense of like, uh, even in bad situations, you assume someone's taking care of it. If no one's freaking out, like, you're like, well, is it weird that I'm freaking out? Even when you're like, seems like something we should freak out about. Well, so how do you recognize though that you're the person that needs to be freaking out? You have to give yourself that permission and be like, what's going on? Like, yeah. So your inner voice needs to be louder than the part of your brain that's like, go with the flow, do what, do what they're all doing. Right. And I'm happy because Nikki did give us a few tips on how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. When she's trying to learn how to play an instrument, she's like, I just put my hands on it and I let it speak to me. And maybe, you know, I don't know if that's going to work for me, but no. like whatever. I you're... try and do that with the drums. It sounds terrible. <laughs> so, you know, she may have some <laughs> special talents in that way, but maybe, uh, you know, that isn't, isn't music, but she was just talking about like finding a quiet space, right? Mm-hmm. And even was it just even 15, 15 minutes, minutes and letting your mind wander wherever you want it to wander to and yeah. not judging it for where it goes. And you may find now in that quiet space that you care about things that you didn't know care about or, or you're, you're fixated on things you didn't know you were fixated on or yeah. whatever. So she, that's like how she prioritizes inspiration. Um, and then like making that so, an important thing kind of like an, is such a, such an important part of her process. But like, so the whole magic carpet thing too is like, um, the book Big Magic uh-huh. kind of talks about how inspiration come visits people. It's less like, you know, like how anytime you have an idea, like you'll, you'll have an idea for something that you don't act on and then eventually you'll see it. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, Oh, I had an idea for open table or I had an idea for, um, you know, for a TV show like that. And it happens. It's like, it's not inspiration visits you. It's whether or not like you're open to accepting it. Mm-hmm. That's how it gets made. Then maybe you're not in a place to do it, but when you make time for it, like you can, you get to be part of the person that brings that into the world. Right. Our uh, meditation teacher, Emily Fletcher, who was in season one, if you missed that episode, you should catch it. Uh, she's famous for, I remember she's mentioned this story several times where, uh, Apparently, Prince, right? Which, like, dearly beloved. Dearly beloved. Like, I've heard stories where he's, like, calling his assistants at two in the morning and being like, I need a camel and I am in Minneapolis. And the <laughs> assistant being like, uh, you just said it's two in the morning and we're in Minneapolis. I, where am I going to get a camel? I want a camel. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, just having these stories like that and, like, why he always felt like he had to act on his inspiration right then. And it was like, if I don't do it, Michael Jackson will. And like, especially with them in, com- in competition and the same thing, Michael Jackson said that sort of shit too. Like, if I don't, Prince will. Like, <laughs> and so you have There's to- like a David Bowie story like that too where he talks about, it was like in this Playboy interview, I'll post it, we'll post it on the website. There's this Playboy interview where they interviewed him and he talked about 
I forget what who the artist was, but he had gone to Mick Jagger's house and he saw this artist. Yeah. Like, and, his, and he's like, who is that guy? And he's like, oh, he's blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, like David Bowie turns around the next day, has him design his cover for his next album. And Mick Jagger never let him come over again because he was just like, he's like, oh, I always stole from everyone. Because yeah. he was like, I stole their best ideas. It was just like, I was, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. They were, like I had to use them faster than they would. Good, ar- yeah, artist steal. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> so she's good at, <laughs> Making the time for that through prioritizes inspiration. Um, yeah. And then she also balances doing the things she wants. Uh, so yeah, like 15 minutes to give your space, uh, give you space to actually like wander. And what was it? She said the goal of it is to explore. Mm-hmm. Like success is, is to explore. Oh yeah. That was one of my favorite things she said was that the success, the success was not, um, the success, like even the fail, the failures, not looking at failures as success, like it's that this, the successes were just the fact that you did it. Like instead of saying what was the outcome, measuring the outcome. Right. And we were talking about that with, um, self exploration and getting in touch with your inspiration. But it seems like she's also someone who's like incredibly productive. She does five different things, like just five different jobs or whatever. And, uh, that was her other tip for people. If you want to be, fit more stuff into your life it, it is just like set time for it yeah which is what we did today yes we did that's what we're doing we're, right we're now. blocking certain times to record and all the different things that we need to get done today so yeah you just need to make space for it and that's that's how things happen apparently yeah so um this week what we would like you the thing that you didn't know was relevant the question you the didn't question, know was relevant um is we want to ask you we want you to ask yourself um well first is we want to talk about how do you identify where you're not giving yourself permission. We kind of talked about that earlier. Sometimes it's looking at somebody you find inspirational and then addressing that and saying like, what do I find inspirational about that person? Like for Olivia, I actually like, here's one of the things that I find inspirational about Olivia um, is that she calls people out never in a rude way, but no, it's actually like one of my favorite things is like you call people out. If something like kind of bothers you, you don't sit with it. You mention it to people. And I always say it's like, and so that's actually inspired me to be like, when something bothers me, it takes me a while sometimes to respond. But now I'll just say like, hey, why did you do that thing? Like I found, I found that like kind of rude. Like, wh- why did you do that? Did you mean to do that? And like <laughs> that inspired me to be like, oh, because I, I felt like maybe I was always like, uh, ignoring things I wanted to make other people comfortable. Mm. Right. And so like that, giving myself the permission to just address it was like, not Dang. such a big deal. Um, so yeah, so that helped me. So, uh, I, to think about someone you find inspirational, identify why you find them. So is it because they do things you weren't sure was possible or things that you weren't sure were quote unquote. Okay. I do have a review for us to read back to the review. Uh, the headline is, it's fun and fucking informative. Ooh. Ooh, five, five stars. stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, from Audrey626. Great for entrepreneurs and people just trying to figure out how to be both chill and ambitious. Mm-hmm. And parentheses. Um, it's freaking hard. <laughs> oh, and no. Focus each episode on tips and theories backed by statistics, random sound bites, mostly hip-hop and TV shows, expletives, and casual interviews with modern-day life innovators. I feel like I'm in the living room hanging out with these hilarious women and their Exhibit A interviewees who lead fascinating lives. Check it out! 
Thanks, Audrey. I thought that I was like when I first read that the name of the reviewer, I was like Christian Odegaard. You were the guy who was responsible for Ed Hardy. I was like, no, but I think he died. Bless up, rest in peace. I think um, so too. Anyways, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we really appreciate these reviews, and we, we want more. Keep giving them, and we'll keep reading them. Um. So. If you want to learn more about Nikki, visit NikkiBarodi.com, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-R-O-D-I.com. You'll find music videos and all kinds of stuff about her team building workshops. And you can visit us at ChillAndAmbitious.com. Follow us on all the social medias, including Twitter, Periscope, Snapchat, all that, at ChillAmbitious. I'm O. I'm No. And... We love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, now Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. Put it in your kidney. Got a new LS450. Ain't no keys in this dude, Nikki. If I want rapping, I'll be trapping.